everybody. Welcome in on the Maze and Blue Reviews. Good afternoon, Michigan football. You know, a couple of years ago, I got this Michigan hat. It was a gift, and I didn't really like how it looked on my head. I liked how it felt. I didn't really like the, the hat, and so I didn't wear it very often. But then I started wearing it when I was out walking, and I came to the conclusion that it I really liked how it felt, not so much how it looked on my head, but how it felt. I say all that because I've worn this hat for the better parts of three years uh, in and around, you know, town and, and definitely out at the park when I'm exercising, walking, whatever. But the last month, I have never got so many just random go blues than I have right now and you know it's okay you know michigan's won three big 10 championships in a row you know everybody's excited about michigan football you know my my mother-in-law's texting me like what's is, is the pocket where's the when jj is out of the pocket she wanted to know you know about the pocket my my wife's buying me all kinds of uh, of Michigan garb, but you know, I, I just I was at the grocery store the other day, and somebody just rolled out, "Hey, go blue!" You know, so there it is. It, uh, people are fired up, and you know that. I uh, I wanted to say that to you. I'm excited to be here today. I, you know, I've, I'm always excited to come on here and talking about uh, uh, Michigan. We got a lot to talk about. Like I could. I could do a show every day leading up to the Rose Bowl and uh, everything that that game means for uh, Michigan in college football. It is just uh, Michigan is in a spectacular position. Uh, we are going to talk about the position that they're in coming up. Also, uh, you're never too far away from uh, thinking about recruiting. And, you know, Michigan's doing some recruiting. They're uh, offering guys in the transfer portal. I've given you some thoughts on that. Uh, I also want to give you some thoughts on um, this latest proposal by the new NCAA president, the revenue sharing subdivision proposal. Now that sounds kind of wordy. I'll walk and, and it is wordy. You know, you, you read through it. I, I, I read through it today and was kind of thinking about it. And I'll give you some of the the bullet points. And then I'll tell you what I think of it. And then, as always, you know, if you have any thoughts out there and want to uh, put those down, uh, we'll see where, where you are at. And uh, I'll read a little bit about some of the, again, bullet points here in a second. But, you know, I just want to check and see where everyone's at. You know, we're talking about uh, the NLI, revenue sharing, Michigan recruiting, transfer portal. Michigan, Alabama. I mean, come on. Uh, life is good. Scott starting things off on the wrong foot. He calls Michigan basketball a dumpster fire. Now, I understand what you're saying, Scott. I don't agree with what you're saying. And, you know, that's just one of those things that you you hear. And, you know, Michigan lost as a seven-point favorite in their home opener last night. So there's probably a lot of people that are nodding their head like, no, Scott. I actually agree with Scott, not you, <laughs> that Michigan basketball is a dumpster fire. You know, to me, a, a dumpster fire, if Michigan was, it had players that were embarrassing themselves off the floor, if Michigan on the floor was a complete joke, well, then I think that puts them into dumpster fire territory. Meanwhile, 
you know, yeah, they're under 500. Yeah, they've lost a couple in a row. And uh, no, things don't look very good. But, I, you know, I'm not ready to say they're in, you know, that they're a dumpster fire. Not that it's early. And I think, you know, I'm here to tell you that, you know, better days are ahead and this team still can make the NCAA tournament. They could. I don't think they will. Uh, before the season, I didn't think they were going to. And then I watched their first three games. And I was like, wow, this team's a real surprise. And, you know, look at how they're playing. Uh, but since then, uh, we haven't really had any of that. But not a not a dumpster fire. And I think there's a lot of people that are like, get Juwan out. I think that's fair. I thought last year there was some of that talk with Michigan not making the tournament. I did not think it was fair. Uh, I think this year, if this thing goes down the drain and they don't make the NCAA tournament, I think it's fair if you're a fan, which I know Scott is, of Michigan basketball to say that, you know, it's a dumpster fire or you just want to move on from the head coach. I think that is, a, it's reasonable, it's fair. I'm not sure, and if I had to predict uh, right now, today, staying in the moment, if Jawan Howard, man, this is a long way off here, I would say that he would likely be back. And I would point to Ward Manuel. This was his big hire. Ward Manuel's big hire. I would also point to some early success that Jawan Howard had. I would also point to something that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, name, image, and likeness. And in basketball, it has been uh, tough when you can't promise upfront money uh, so, you know, I'm not here to make excuses or anything else. Like I said, I think there's uh, most people would probably agree with you, Scott. I'm just telling you uh, what I think is going to happen. That's just my opinion when it comes down to the basketball team. Scott is talking about um, J.J. McCarthy. We're also going to get to, uh, if you saw the thumbnail on the YouTube, I'll give you some thoughts on uh, on J.J. McCarthy. Why don't I do it right now? Said Scott has uh, put the feedback out there. Scott, I, if I had to guess right now, I don't think JJ McCarthy is going to come back either. Now there's a lot of Michigan fans that make the prediction that, you know, he's a different guy, different kind of kid. He's got NIL money. Think about the next year's quarterback class. And, you know, he loves Michigan and, you know, it's somewhere in there. Well, there's no problem with this is that you want him to come back, which I completely understand I, for Michigan football. It'd be great if he came back. Uh, I think there's a 75% chance that he would get taken in the first round. And I think if you're, you feel like there's a 75% chance, it's a pretty good chance that you could go pro. I think for, for JJ, Having Harbaugh with his NFL connections, like John Harbaugh, he doesn't just have to look like at a bunch of mock drafts and think, you know, he'll have uh, a better idea of where he would land in the first round if he was going to go in the first round. My feeling is that it's about 75%. Now, look, you know, Caleb Williams and Drake May, I don't think that that J.J. McCarthy is going to go in front of those two guys. And, you know, I looked at Pro Football Focus today. They had a mock draft out, and they had uh, Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, at three. And then they had Bo Nix at four. I looked at CBS, who had a mock draft out from yesterday, and they had Caleb Williams. And they put Daniels number two. And then they had Drake May three, and they had Penix four. They didn't have J.J. McCarthy in their, in their top four. These were just in the first round. Neither of the first two had J.J. in the first round. 
SI.com, a, a, a mock that I look at, they, they had Williams, May, uh, Jaden Daniels, and then they had JJ four. They had him going number 19 to the Falcons. Uh, I started looking at the teams in the NFL that need a quarterback. And, you know, the, the Falcons would be one in their same division, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, I could see taking a first round uh, quarterback. Are, are the Saints in the NFC South, too? I think they are. I could see them taking a quarterback. You know, there's just three teams in one division. Look at, I, I could see a lot of quarterbacks going. I could see five or even six QBs. Now, I don't think there's ever been six, though. There was five a couple of years ago. Uh, there have been five a couple of times. Uh, I go all the way back to the, the Marino draft in the early 80s, 83, the Marino Elway draft. And then, yeah, just in 21, there were uh, five. In, in 2018, there were five. Uh, so if there was five or six, I think J.J., you know, like I said, I think a 75% chance of him getting taken in the first round. So I could really see him going. Now, the the argument, you could say, look, He's getting paid handsomely already. Can you imagine the kind of money that J.J. McCarthy could get NIL-wise if he decides to come back? And then he could uh, make that money up. He could be the number one overall pick because he's not going to be the number one overall pick. I'm I'm sure of that. Even if he goes out and, you know, throws for 404 uh, touchdowns against Bama and, and, you know, does the same thing to, to Washington or Texas, he would move up maybe pretty high, but I, I don't think that he's going to go number one. Maybe number two if he was spectacular in these next two games and won a championship. I, I think if he wins the championship, I think it, it's more likely that he ends up, you know, going. But, you know, so that's just my thought on it, you know, thinking about where the quarterbacks are slotted, all the quarterbacks that are needed out there, where he kind of fits in. That's how I'm thinking about uh, McCarthy, and we're going to get to two more quarterbacks coming up. That's in the recruiting segment that I'm going to uh, get to here straight ahead. Let me read some of the uh, the comments. Uh, Richard says there's a lot of Michigan fans down there in Florida. Scott is all fired up about this great football season. Yeah, you should be, Scott. Everybody's fired up about the uh, the football season. You know, I mentioned my mother-in-law. You know, I talked to my mom. You know, she's fired up. What 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 channels the uh, what channel is this game going to be on on, uh, on on New Year's Day? So so there you go, Scott going back and and talking a little, uh, Juwan. I gave you my thoughts uh, there. Uh, so <laughs> sometimes when you type Juwan, it comes up Joan. Uh, I get that. Shadyville says McCarthy needs to come back. He's not ready. Yeah, it's never really a, uh, you know, I get what you're saying. It's never really a question if it's if you're ready. It's a question uh, if you're going to get drafted, you know, high, I would say. And the quarterback position is is interesting because, you know, you, you look at some of the QBs and, and the rush to get them out on the field. And then, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes, who didn't start a game when he was a rookie there at Kansas City. The situation, I guess he did start the last game uh, when they had already clinched their spot and they, you know, so they let him play a game and he was, looked really good. And, and there's a lot of guys, you know, you go, I remember, you know, Justin Herbert is pretty good in my fantasy quarterback that, um, 
you know, they didn't start him right away. And, and it took Tyrod Taylor, you know, having that the, the doctor like collapse his lung with a needle or something to get him out there. But, you know, the situation that you go in, you know, you can make a case when you, you know, you get drafted, you know, you're not going to be one of those first two or three and you're pushed down a little bit. You can get into an organization a lot better situation. So the part about him, um, you know, saying, you know, he's not ready. He can he could work on the sideline uh, for a team next year uh, if he's not ready to step right in and play. You know, they could have a, you know, what they call a, a bridge quarterback. No truer feedback has ever been written up than the one that is by the, the former feedback artist known as Andres. Uh, he says, free throws. And he puts the, you know, you know, Michigan, if they their point guard makes some free throws, doesn't split three pairs in under three minutes, we might be sitting around and talking about uh, something a little bit different. It is, uh, it is natty time. Uh, people weighing in on Jawan Howard. Rob said he thought he was a good hire at the time, but it's time to move on. I think there's a lot of people, like I said, I've given my opinion on that. Uh, I think it's fair for you to, I don't know, take shots, but you know, say that you're ready to move on. I'm ready to move on and discuss this, this radical new proposal by the NCAA president, Charlie Parker. And so he's got a plan and a proposal, a new subdivision, and it's going to grant schools that put in a, a certain amount of money to compensate athletes in a new way. And they're, you know, they're, they're saying this is huge and it, and it sounds like it could be huge. So, and here's a groundbreaking and radical change. And the NCAA calling it new forward-looking framework. That's the first time like the NCAA has ever said anything like that. It's probably it's because they've got a lot of lawsuits hanging over their head that you know they had to come out and start doing some forward-looking because there's some lawsuits that want to go retroactive and you know take you know 75 or at least 50 percent of their money. So just the uh, the nuts and bolts. The president says that schools can can choose to be part of the new subdivision. Uh, they can opt in. And I highlighted with the new subdivision members uh, some of the key points here, that they would be permitted to strike up name, image, and likeness deals with their own athletes. Now, that's a significant move away from the current NIL structure where they have to get it all through collectives. This would do away with collectives. This would be Michigan paying the money out of their own pool to the players. And this story says the most impactful benefit of this new model is which schools can directly compensate athletes through this trust fund. So they get around this by not calling it revenue sharing and, and maybe some of the legal, like, um, you know, you're a, you're a uh, employee of the, the university by just going into that pool and then not calling it revenue sharing, but they're actually putting the money in there, the university, you know, so it's just technicalities when it comes down to that. When I read through this, I think that it's good for Michigan. It's good for Michigan. Michigan has money. If you are one of the, I would say top 20, 
uh, five college football teams annually. Michigan is, and certainly one of the top 10 teams. And that's where Michigan's at right now. And a lot of times they've been buzzing around the top 10, you know, for, for most of their existence, but you know, they're, they're definitely in the top 10 right now. It feels like you could work around the, the, the part that's a roadblock for them right now. And the roadblock is saying, Hey, we'll promise you $5 million, which is like what other schools, it seems like everyone else is doing that, but Michigan's like, no, we can't really promise you the upfront money, but it looks like this. I think they can do that. So I think that's why this is a positive. Uh, you know, like that's how it seems to me. So we'll see. I think it's bad if you're a fan of Olympic sports. I think it's a, it's bad if you're a fan of the group of five in college football, seeing the amount of money that they're going to have to put forward to, you know, opt in. So I think like, I'll just take Eastern Michigan. I'm a fan of two teams, Michigan and Eastern Michigan. I think this will be bad for Eastern Michigan. I, I think that that they'll break away. It'll be group of five over here and then power five over there. And I think there'll be a lot of teams and a lot of universities that they're going to have to look at their Olympic sports and they're going to have to cut them men's swimming golf. You know, they're going to have to do a lot of cutting. Um, you have to comply with title nine. So I'm not saying uh, women's sports, but there'll be a lot of men's Olympic sports cut. Now I don't think so at Michigan. Like this People that are a big fan of Michigan Olympic sports. Michigan really loves their Olympic sports. And I don't know, I don't have the mission statement in front of me, but it it really seems like, especially alums, they really like that that Michigan is uh, in, involved in so many different sports uh, across the board. And people appreciate that. And I, I think that, you know, for Michigan, I think they'll, they'll be fine there. It's just going to be other schools that, you know, don't necessarily have the money that Michigan's going to have. I don't think it's going to be good necessarily for them because they're going to have to cut. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the money, however, it, it comes from uh, the TV package that Michigan will get, it'll come from, you know, uh, ticket prices. And, you know, they'll, I don't like to say that they'll be, you know, hiking up ticket prices and, you know, the money's got to come from somewhere. The, I don't know, eight, 10 million, just to even opt in, you know, if you have to do with, uh, I was doing some of the math, 50% of, you know, how many other, you know, eight to 10 million around that not chump change, but you know, something that Michigan will be able to do. So I look at it as a positive and really this is not going to sound uh, fun for people again that like uh, the non-conference group of five. Like, if you really like Michigan playing East Carolina and UNLV and BG and uh, you know whoever they Colorado State, UConn, Hawaii. Uh, I don't think those teams are going to be around anymore. Like, and so that would to me that would be good if you could take every one of the group of five that that opts in, and you don't have to play any of the group of five anymore. Good. To me, that is good. More bigger games, more exciting games, certainly more L's. I know people say that, but uh, I I think it's going to be a, a, a positive, what uh, a net positive overall. That's how I looked at it. Let's see that uh, what everybody else is uh, is saying. This is a season of a lifetime for Rich and I'm right with you. Shadyville's talking about Alabama presenting the biggest challenge during the run 
that Michigan football has been on. Well, it, I guess it just depends how you want to look at it. I would say that, you know, Georgia two years ago presented that challenge and, you know, Ohio State uh, presented a pretty big roadblock. You know, Michigan had a problem the previous eight years and the majority of this uh, 21st century, it had been Ohio State that had presented the biggest challenge. And then once Michigan broke through there, then it was Georgia. Unfortunately, last year was TCU. But yeah, right now, as they sit in front of them, I would say, yeah, Alabama, and then, you know, whoever it's going to be, Texas or Washington. So I think that's uh, the way that I will look at it when it comes down to it. Let's see if anybody um, wanted to get in on any of the, the revenue sharing. Rob talking about J.J. being mocked from top 15 to the second round. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, that's um, – it's just where I sit right now. It's everybody's opinion. If you just want to go at, you know, this particular mock draft or you really like how this person talks about it or, you know, look, you're a Michigan fan. You want what's best for Michigan and what's best for Michigan could be, you know, and, and there is a world where JJ is like, um, you know what? Um, I want to be the number one pick overall in the draft next year. I want to come back to Michigan. You know, I can make 5 million. I'm a, he's already a multimillionaire. I can make five million at Michigan, make some of that, you know, money up on that second contract down the line. And, you know, I can hell if I am a number one pick, I make it up immediately. I mean, there is it's it's a very easy conversation to say, yeah, it's a uh it could be a smart move for him to come back. I'm just saying there's about a 75% chance that uh he goes. That's how I see it where I'm sitting from, but you know, I, I, there's a lot of uh, different opinions when it comes down to this. Uh, here's Michigan go blue saying he's afraid that Darius Clemens might transfer. I think that when it comes to the transfer portal, don't be afraid. This is the way I look at the, the transfer portal. You watched all of the Michigan games this year. The guys that played and the guys that were in the two deep, and then the younger players that got out there and were were play were uh, were getting playing time. You know, if you were not getting playing time, yeah, there's a chance that you're going to hit the transfer portal. Now, Clemens is interesting because he was uh, he was banged up a little bit. We don't know exactly, you know, how that affected him and how he was getting out on the field. We also know there's a very good chance that Roman Wilson, I would expect that he would go pro and uh, Kojo is done. So you're talking about your top two wide receivers. You know, there's all kinds of like, if you want playing time, I would say that if Darius Clements at the transfer portal, then he's looking at the guys around him and saying, look, I don't think I can get into the top three with Samaj Morgan and Tyler Morris and a couple guys that they have coming in uh, because I would, you you could easily make a case that, you know, he could be the number one wide receiver next year if he stays around. So, you know, um, who knows when it comes down to that, but I, I wouldn't be too afraid about it. And that gets me to where we're at with the, the transfer portal in the quarterbacks. There's a lot of, uh, understandably. So Bryce Underwood, the quarterback out of Belleville, the number one player 
in the country. And I see a lot of Michigan fans, you know, like they want him, of course. And, you know, LSU is in heavy. We know that he went out to Colorado and, you know, Dion was doing whatever he would do. But, you know, you, you see a lot of predictions that he's going to end up going to LSU. And then there's a lot of Michigan fans automatically say, well, he's just taking the money, which could be true. He might just be taking the money. Uh, he might like the situation there. He might like all the things that are going on there. A lot, a lot of things that are going on. I spent a lot of time last year in the pursuit of Michigan and Dante Moore out of Detroit. I really wanted to see Michigan get Dante Moore. And obviously Dante Moore ended up going to spurned Michigan for Oregon. And then UCLA who came in with, with a better offer. And now Dante Moore is, is out there. It's easy for me now with recruiting and taking a look at the transfer portal to say, don't worry if, if Michigan is uh, missing on top guys in recruiting. Look at how they're doing in the transfer portal. I don't know if that makes you feel better, but just look, let's just look at the quarterback position. Let's look at this year's college football final four. You know, Michigan's got JJ and they got Milrow at Alabama. Those guys were recruited and those are the starting quarterbacks in the Rose Bowl. In the Sugar Bowl, Quinn Ewers, he, Texas picked, scooped him up in the transfer portal. Michael Penix went to Indiana, and Washington was able to get him out of the transfer portal. 50% of the, the college football playoff teams right now went to the transfer portal and were able to get to their quarterbacks there. Bo Nix, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, there are some mock drafts that have Bo Nix from Oregon. He started at Auburn. This is like his sixth year. The point is, is it is easy if you are a major college football team to get a top flight elite transfer portal quarterback. The number one player or the number one pick in the NFL draft this year is going to be Caleb Williams. Out of the transfer portal. Boom. You're able to get him. And, you know, now that also takes you to, now look, I'm not saying that Michigan's out of it for Bryce Underwood, but they might be. I know they really want him. They, I, I, And if you're Michigan, and if you're a Michigan fan, and you have won what Michigan has won, and you're staring down here, the, the college football playoff, like they are, and you have everything else going for you, and you lay it all out for the local kid whose parents apparently love Michigan, you know, to me, you say, look, Bryce, you know, it's great if you want to come here. Everybody be super excited. Be like, you know, winning another national championship. But if you want to go to LSU, good luck. You know, if they're making a better offer or whatever, if you see that, you know, whatever, I, I say automatically offer, you know, I think money. But, you know, if you just feel better down there about your development, if you think they're a coach, you're he, not going to talk with a Southern accent when, you know, he starts talking with you. You feel like, you know, you're comfortable with him and your position coach. Do it. Do it. But, you know, you don't have to lose any sleep if you're a Michigan fan over, you know, losing a guy like Underwood, even though he's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. Dante Moore was supposed to be the greatest thing ever last year. And, you know, Dante Moore, there's a chance that he, no, I don't know. 
that Michigan could get Dante Moore on the rebound like a lot of people thought. A lot of people, when when Dante Moore picked uh, Oregon, then UCLA said, well, in a year's time, he'll be coming to Michigan. And those people were all right. Well, I mean, there's a chance. It's there. I know there's a lot of people that gnash their teeth about players. Like, oh, this guy only cares about the money. Eh, There's a lot of people, you know, in life that, you know, (laughs) when they get a chance, they're going to the highest bidder. You say, yeah, but... You know, you're really not thinking about down the line. I mean, these are great choices. There's not bad choice. LSU's a fine choice. I mean, I hate to tell you, that's a fine choice if he ends up going there. I want him to go to Michigan, you know, having said all of that. So maybe I should just wipe that last part out. No, LSU, it's a clown show. You're just going for money. You'll regret it. You know, the, the spicy food can give you, I don't know. He should go to Michigan. Look what Michigan's got going. You know, maybe he doesn't like, you know, the idea of having to um, hand the ball off so much. I mean, there's there's that thought. But I think Michigan's going to be better than okay with what they've got going with the, the transfer portal, what we've already seen, uh, the success on the field, the coaching staff that they have, and now this, this new subdivision that's going to allow a team like Michigan to look into a pool and say – yeah, we've got 15 million sitting out there in that pool for you. You want it? I do wonder if this pool was already here, how much they would be offering up to Bryce Underwood, how much they would have offered up to Dante Moore, how much they'd be offering up to Bryce Underwood. I do wonder that. Because this might be the way to go. Michigan doing it a different way, getting in on the back end with these guys after you you see them for a year and then targeting players and you know just the way that they've their philosophy when it comes down to it maybe they won't change their philosophy they'll be like we're going to earmark our money for guys that uh, come to the university and then stay around and maybe we can make them stay instead of going to the pros and we can work them on the back end with NIL money and buy their rights there instead of uh, offering up the money up front. I think you got to do a little bit of both. I think you got to, you know, you know, pick and choose your, your big targets like Underwood, you know, and there's no cap with this new revenue sharing that, that teams are going to be able to uh, pay whatever they want. And they just have to go in there and say, look, this is this is the the amount that we're going with, and this is what we're offering up. If you look at sports that don't have caps, baseball, it's about five teams. You know, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and you know, you throw a couple more in there. Sometimes five to ten, but he's about that in college football. I'm talking about teams that are really gonna, you know, look to pay. But Michigan is a Big market, blue blood, elite college football team, they should be able to go after the big fish and pay big money for them. Once this, now they can't technically do that right now with Underwood, but you know, maybe after everything has gone down and how, I don't know how they feel about everything, but since every other team out there is seemingly, you know, already contacting, promising before guys were even announcing that they were going to get in the transfer portal, which is cheating. 
Maybe they decided, like, everybody's calling us that. Why don't we just jump in, like, with everybody else? And maybe they have. I don't know. Uh, we'll see on that. I did see that they offered a big wide receiver from Indiana, Donovan McNally, 6'5", 200, had over 600 yards and six touchdowns last year for the Hoosiers. Sounds pretty good to me. Also, what that says to me is that um, look at the success they've had, you know, going and in, in raiding the Hoosiers already. With uh, They got Tuttle, their backup quarterback, maybe. And certainly A.J. Barner, who was um, they hit the jackpot with. So going back to Bloomington doesn't sound like a bad idea uh, to me. So those are my thoughts on the new subdivision, what the the president of the NCAA is saying and how, you know, talking about how this can be groundbreaking and a radical change. I think it's just good for Michigan in how it goes down. So uh, there, that's it. That's how, um, that's how I see it. Well, let's take some, some feedback. I've been sitting here talking, you know, nonstop and, you know, getting an idea where some of the, the people are at Shadyville talking about the new proposal that the women's sports have to be paid close to the men because of title nine. Yep. That's right. That's why I said goodbye to there's going to be some universities going to have to say goodbye to a lot of their men's Olympic sports. Not, I don't think Michigan though. Fred said, here's an idea about the NCAA give up its undeserved revenue to athletes. Yeah, here's an idea. Let's uh, let's have. Uh, you know, I know you start talking about people that have all of the money. You know, and how? Why don't they share it a little bit more? Sure. Um, it always sounds good. Count twenty two says OSU was better than Bama this year. Yeah, look, you know, being scared, and I'm gonna uh, transition for transition for a second over to. The next topic on here is Michigan and Alabama. Like, Alabama, I, I do this, you do this as well. Like, the name and Nick Saban, you know, it scares people. You're scared because Alabama is big bad Alabama because Alabama, the last time Michigan played them in the bowl game, went out there and they got worked over in the second half. And, you know, they are, they're scary that way. They're a scary name. They're a scary program. But this particular year, uh, I you know is OSU better than um, than Alabama? Maybe this is not like that Michigan. Uh, I don't even know how they can step on the field. If you're just looking at the the talent, which is a which is a really uh, good place to look, Michigan has as much or better talent across the board than Alabama. And I know Alabama is great in recruiting. You know, they bring in, you know, nothing but five stars and the greatest players ever. Michigan, what they were able to do in bringing back the players that could have gone pro, it was always a, a huge hit. The NLI was huge for Michigan this year. You go down the list from, you know, to Corum, both Keegan and Zinter. I mean, these guys could have gone pro. And what they're able to do to get these players to stay, uh, I would put Chris Jenkins in that category as well. He could have gone. Uh, that's talent where normally 
you know, the, the Georgia and Alabama, they're so up here and you get there and you say, Michigan's just, they're good. And they've got the coaching, but they're just, unless something crazy happens or it's just one of those off days, like two years ago, you know, Michigan is, they just can't compete with all those five stars out on the field this year. They can Michigan has better talent. Michigan is favored in the game. You can say, you're just saying that because you're some Michigan. Well, that could be true. Vegas thinks Michigan's better. They're the favorite in the game. So however you want to look at it, Michigan's got a real nice chance to win this game. Don't get too scared, uh, scared by, um, by Bama and Saban. Shadyville throwing out some of the particulars on the revenue sharing. You got to put 30 thousand there's a lot of questions that need to be answered i mean scholarships are way worth way more than that so yeah it, it's half the scholarship athletes and you got to dedicate thirty thousand. you know to me that looked like something that michigan would would be able to do rob playing the vegas uh angle so you know there you go account 22 uh pointing out that auburn ran for 250 I don't think it was quite 250, but it was close. I would say 233, which, you know, let's go ahead. 250 sounds good. But the point is, is that the the Tigers in the Iron Bowl, they did. I was watching that game, and one of my thoughts were, hmm, Alabama's run defense is a little suspect. You want the key to the the Rose Bowl right now? Michigan's offensive line. That's going to be the key. Let's Bama a few times this year. Let's see. We've got somebody talking about Joey Brackett's taking a shot at Michigan State. And if they're in the last four, last, uh, last first four out as of uh, today. Yeah. I mean, if you want to feel better about Michigan basketball, go ahead and look at Michigan State basketball, who, you know, lost in the JV game last night. I was waiting for Michigan at nine o'clock and, you know, Peacock had. I thought you know I was just going to watch Peacock, and then next thing you know, I was just going to roll into the Michigan game. I'm watching Wisconsin manhandle Michigan State, and then the game gets over, and I'm kind of running around, and I'm like, hey, how come they're not talking about Michigan? I look there, and then they're just showing like a an empty Breslin Center, and I'm like, where's the Michigan game? And I had to I had to change the channel. Wasn't ready for that. The cock got me on that one. Richard, it's exhausting sticking up for an undefeated, un- unbeaten team. Yeah, don't worry about it, Richard. You know the I'm I'm having fun with it. You know any Michigan fan that's like all worried about like oh Michigan's not as good. Like I was arguing over on the Mason Blue Review in the Den, and a poster was like oh this Michigan team's not as good as they were last year. And I was like you know JJ's better than he was last year. Maybe the offensive line isn't better. Uh, the skill players are better. The defense is better, and he's like, no, the the running backs aren't. They're the same running backs, but they're they didn't have as much success as uh, as last year. Michigan's really good. I, you know, Michigan could be a great team. So far, they have played great. They've got great talent. They've got the quarterback who is going to get about a month to rest up after getting banged up against Penn State. And advantage at quarterback, Michigan. So, you know, the the coaching, you want to 
call that a draw? I said, put it right there. I think it's pretty close. You know, if you're talking about the, you know, there's not many when you're looking at the goat on one side that you can say, Hey, you can match wits with Nick Saban. Harbaugh somebody that can do that. I don't mind. There's, there's a lot of people that are always nervous. Oh, Michigan won't have a chance against. So they don't have a chance against anybody. Michigan's got a great chance. Michigan's got a great chance to beat Alabama. They got a great chance to win it all. Uh, you can, you can be really nervous. <laughs> I am choosing the enjoy every single day leading up to New Year's Day and just uh, enjoy this game for everything that Michigan football and college football has meant in my entire life. The Rose Bowl is the most spectacular setting for a college football game ever. Even in front of Michigan stadium, because the setting a lot of times is cold, you know, and I love Michigan. I put Michigan stadium number two on that list, but the college football playoff before, I mean, you got to get lucky because they, you know, they get the orange bowl where Michigan played and, or they played down in Arizona, the Fiesta bowl. So, you got to kind of get lucky on the rotation to be able to get a chance to play in the Rose Bowl. And then in the years past, it was New Year's Eve. New Year's Day. Rose Bowl. Michigan. I mean, you want to sit around being worried about Alabama, go ahead. I'm not doing that. I mean, this is, uh, I don't know, like, If you've, if you, I guess they don't know if you have, you don't have to have been to the Rose Bowl. You, but I do think you have to have the appreciation of, of, uh, of somebody like Keith Jackson. You know, game starts at five o'clock, you know, it gets into to halftime. They come out for the third quarter, the sun starts going down. And Keith Jackson, you know, they, they show the, the pictures of the, of the mountains over there. And, Jackson would say something like, there's your postcard. And it is. You know, there's two places, if you could say, you know, you could live anywhere in the world for a year. You know, where would you pick? One of the places that I would pick would be, I remember walking to the stadium and, and, you know, you look up at those mountains. Is it the Arroyo, Senko? I'd spent a long time, so... I might be wrong on those, but you look up on those mountains into the foothills and you look and you see houses and you look up there and you say, wow, I would want to live in one of those houses with the Rose Bowl out in my backyard. I mean, I've never even seen, like you see a lot of these LA, you see a lot of movies and you're looking out there and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I've never seen. One of those houses in, and then in the background, the have the Rose Bowl. It's just uh, that'd be my number one pick. Number two pick might be having one of these suites in the big house, just all my year round. I could live in it. Now nah, maybe I'd pick somewhere else because I could just. I mean, it, it's only good for six, seven games a year. So I'd, I'd pick somewhere else.
I don't know where, but the Rose Bowl would be one. All right, let's take a couple more on the the feedback here. Shady Mills a little worried about Saban. You know, I, I can see that. I can see that. Aaron saying that the Georgia team that beat Michigan would beat the brakes off of this Alabama team. X says Saban has been showing some chinks in the armor recently, though. Ooh. Harbaugh ends Saban's reign. The 71-year-old, the passing of the torch, account 22. The next GOAT. You know, I thought Kirby Smart did a little bit of that. Let's go. X saying they should have legit lost the Auburn game. Oh, you mean when they had a fourth and 30? Like when they had less than a 1% chance to win that game? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. At that point, they had like 0.001% chance of making the college football playoff until the Milrow miracle. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to look back. Uh, Shady is a Bama fan. Sure. You know, there's a lot of people that get scared about uh, Bama. Like I said, it, it happens. You know, when when I watch pro sports and that whenever I see uh, a big name, I'm always like, ooh, I want him immediately. Like Patrick Kane was out there for the Red Wings. Get him. What a signing. One of the greatest American goal scorers ever. Do it. Big name. And in college football, it's like it's like the Texas game next year. I've identified that game on September the 7th, 2024. I want to go to that game. I mean, it is, it's Michigan and Texas. Uh, Texas starting out in the SEC. I mean, it, it, that's the kind of game I want to go to. But yeah, Bama is, you know, they, they can scare you. Boo! I mean, like, you better watch it. You can get scared. Uh, how much time you do we have here? I wish I had my producer still. Mike asking if Jim stays or if he goes. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that he stays. But I don't think it's a slam dunk as we sit here right now. Bryce is lost to LSU, according to Rob's opinion. Yeah, well, maybe you're wrong about that. Scott coming in saying, hey, let's not look over overlook Orgy and Denical or Jaden Davis or any transfer portal quarterback that they might want to bring in. Yeah, I'm not giving up. Don't give up. I would admit that it looks good for, or good, that things don't look as good for Michigan with Underwood, but I wouldn't give up on on Underwood. Just like um, with Harbaugh, you know, it's, it's not a slam dunk that he comes back. I mean, there's a few moving parts. One is that... They got to get a feel from the NCAA on what they're going to do. 
I judge Harbaugh by his actions in the last three years. He've had he's had some sort of um, uh, want to go to the NFL, so he's got that out there. No, oh. but and and then there's the one guy that is this um, is screwing Michigan. And that is the Stapleton, who's a Michigan grad. Somebody needs to, I don't want to say take him out, like literally. But somebody needs to get him out of the equation. This guy's effing up everything for Michigan. This guy is not a Michigan man. He is somebody that is trying to sabotage Michigan from the inside. Stapleton. The name. You see it pop up. People talk about him. I've had more than one person over the last month or two saying, you know, this guy is a problem. Like a lot of people complain about Ward, and I understand that. And the job is, I mean, when you're the AD, either getting it done or you're not. And then people, you know, just complain about him. And it's not manual. It's uh, his buddy. I think he's his buddy. Stapleton. He needs to cut ties. With that guy. Here's my advice for Ward Manuel. Hey, stop hanging around with somebody that's trying to sabotage the program. How about that? And it, But if Ward is thinking like this, Stapleton, then, but I don't know if he is, then it's a problem. But, you know, stop hanging out with him. Stop having him in the, uh, the president's box. Get this guy out. All right. Enough of him. It's possible that Blake Corum comes back for another year. Yeah, I don't think that that is going to happen. There's still a challenge for talent to transfer in. Academic requirements will still be a hurdle for transfers. Yeah, I didn't say it was going to be automatically, you know, floodgates and everything else, but the the new proposal, you know, that's for I believe it's going to be positive for Michigan when you have this pool of money that you could basically like say, Hey, here's the pool of money, you know, to a a potential recruit. This is how much we got in there. You can have it. I don't know how that conversation, it it seems like it's even, it was, it's been pretty easy to pay recruits over the years uh, pre NIL. And then it became really easy over the last, you know, whatever is it? Two and a half years with NIL because, you know, teams have been basically like, yeah, we can't really promise you this million dollars, but just don't say anything and you can have it. This seemed pretty easy. Now it feels like you can just say, there's the million dollars. We have it in a pool. It's for you. I don't know if we can necessarily promise it for you, but it's right there for you. If you come to Michigan, it seems to me easier. And I think the the same thing with the transfers, but yeah, you know, maybe they'll work on that. Maybe they'll work on the um, the transfers. You know, maybe Ono can, when he goes around starting to talk to all the Michigan alums and say, "Hey, stop, stop worrying about your prestigious degree so much." So what if it uh, you know takes on a little water if Michigan starts uh, uh, 
letting uh, you know reduces its standards uh, in, in transfers so they can. You guys like winning football games? I don't know. I don't think that's going to be his sales pitch, but you know maybe he can do something about it. I just say that. Look, I don't have a Michigan degree, and so if I was holding a Michigan degree, and I have talked with people that have the Michigan degrees, they don't want to devalue their degree perceived uh, value by, you know, lessening their standards when it comes down to the uh, academic requirements in, in the transfer. I get that. But look, I, I understand that. Can Sharon Moore transfer? I don't know where this is coming from. The, you know, Sharon Moore is going to have an opportunity to go coach somewhere, but, you know, we're just talking about Harbaugh. Sharon Moore wants to hang around to see what's going on with the Harbaugh situation before he starts throwing his hat in the ring anywhere else. Sharon Moore, we have, we have seen Sharon Moore on the sideline. Sharon Moore is 1-0 against Ohio State. He's 2-0 against Ohio State and Penn State. Pretty good. 4-0. He's undefeated as a Michigan head coach. You can't say, well, those are a bunch of cupcakes. Three of those games, the Maryland game, woo, go back to that one. 31-24. Victory number 1,000. Is that the game Sharon Moore was like, we did it for, no, that was the one where he said he apologized. You know, his mom said it was after the Penn State game where he was uh, uh, pretty emotional. Orgy is a seasoned Milrow. I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not quite ready to go there yet. But let's see. Montrell, big Michigan fan, he's saying, bro, every game Coach Moore was head coach, J.J. played terrible. Dude turns the offense into a service academy offense. Dude, coach is scared every game. He coaches, I want to run through a wall. Well, I think there's, you know, there, there's a point to that, Montreal, right? Like, J.J. played terrible against Bowling Green, and that's the, the game that Sharon Moore was the head coach. What I would factor in, Montreal, is that I go back and, and watch that Penn State game. One of the biggest plays in that game happened in the first quarter. It was J.J. McCarthy, I think, on a third and 10. I'd have to look. Third and nine. He ran the ball for a first down. It got Michigan going. Later in that game, J.J. hurt his ankle. He may have, in that same game, whatever he's been dealing with, I don't know if it's an ankle, somebody had mentioned Charlie Horse, bruised knee, whatever, he he got banged up more than from the ankle. And so that 
I mean, you're going to blame Sharon Moore that he got hurt? Like, and Sharon Moore, you know, just running the ball. Would you have rather had him just having J.J. whip the ball around on uh, being less than 100% with their defensive ends, not being able to handle uh, Michigan's offensive tackles and possibly lose the game because you wanted him to sling the ball around because you're saying he coached scared? I mean, you got to come up to the table, Montrell. You're off on this one. It's the same people that are like, oh, J.J., you know, he's one touchdown in the last five games. Well, why is that? Is it the competition? Okay, this is the competition. It's part of that. It's also because he, he played injured. And I know since we don't know exactly what the injury is, you can say, you're making an excuse. I'll, I'll give you that. But let's, you know, you start calling everyone bro and saying that, you know, Moore's coaching scared. He won the game, bro. And I'll make a case that he did a great job against Penn State and what he was able to do there, being able to run the ball. And you know what? I kind of like, I almost like every one of Sharon Moore's play calls, the one that, I, you know, he was uh, the one that I was a little bit didn't understand totally was um, where he ran the ball against Ohio State late in that game when they were just playing for the field goal. They just ran a quorum up the middle on a fourth and six. I wouldn't have done that. I would have tried to, I would have thrown the ball. I would have optioned JJ out. I don't know, you know, what his health was and everything else. That was the only one that fourth and six, the one right the third and six, sorry, the one they, before they kicked the field goal, I would have called something different there. I didn't like that one. The, the earlier in the game where he went for it on the fourth and seven and didn't on the fourth and one, I think that's where you had, um, was it um, Drake Nugent was hurt or maybe the right time? I mean, so the, I, I think that's what went on uh, the injuries, why he didn't go for the fourth and one or two, but he did go for it on the, the, the fourth and eight. But one play, and then he went 3-0 and with all those big dogs, and the Maryland game was a pressure cooker. All the moves and different um, uh, calls that he had to make. And what was Sharon Moore in those three games? Uh, Michigan fourth down, was it two for two, three for three, four for four. Was he like six for six on fourth down attempts? Come on, Montreal, you, you can give him a little credit there? Or are you going to start talking, you know, uh, Michigan Army? Come on now. James wants to talk some Sharon Moore. If Moore really buys into the Michigan culture and has matured, then we should take him over Bryce Underwood. Oh. Well, you know, here's the thing, James. I mean, like, I'm thinking a bird in the hand is, you know, worth more than the five-star that, you know, could be going to, uh, to LSU. But Michigan really liked Dante Moore. And then, you know, I have to admit, I did not, I've never watched, I've watched Dante Moore throw the ball at one of those camps. And he's got a gigantic, you look like Andrew Luck throwing the ball, gigantic base, physically, you know, the six, five, he could spin it. I thought, man, this guy could really throw the football. I didn't watch him play at UCLA this year. I watched a lot of college football. I know, you know, some of you did watch him. I, I never watched him play and, you know, he didn't have the, the greatest of here, but he was a freshman. 
How does Michigan feel about what they saw on tape, you know, from Moore? And this part about being mature, you know, I don't know. Somebody called me out earlier, you know, we were talking about, well, he just went for the money. Like, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for these guys. And it, it's not really, I don't hold it against a a player that's in high school for taking the the biggest amount of money. In my experience watching sports, almost every single athlete in the pros takes the biggest contract. Almost every one. Some of these guys on a, a second or third, like they've already banked 50 million, a hundred million, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I want to go to this team for a little bit less money to win a championship. These guys are in high school and they've earned a certain amount with the ranking that they get of money. And if somebody easily sits a guy down and says, look, look at the top 10 quarterbacks from the last 10 years, how they're ranked. Look at the names. And you go through and you're like, mm, look at six or seven of those guys that they're even heard of. Six or seven of those guys never even went to the pros. Sure, there's some Trevor Lawrence's in there and stuff like that. But, you know, more than half didn't make anything. You got somebody saying, hey, we'll give you two and a half million up front. No, I'm not. I mean, like, I'm not holding that against it. I'm not saying. And I know what everything. Oh, the family was involved. Maybe. I don't know. Look, if you don't pick Michigan, you're doing this is the the kind of the Michigan playbook. If you don't pick Michigan, you're doing it because you don't care about uh, economics. You're you're not thinking about, you know, your future. Uh you're just going for the the immediate money. Which, you know, uh, kind of people make you feel like you're not mature or you're, you know, not uh you're doing things for the wrong reason. Uh, truth, none of us are uh, a better that experience. Been in the the guy's shoes or anything else. I don't know. I can't complain too much about that. Th wants to get the players who want to come here. I understand that. A Dante Moore, Jaden Davis battle would be interesting. A Jaden Davis, Dante Moore, Jaden Denigal. Alex Orgy, that would be interesting. Davis, Moore, wait, Davis, Denegal, Orgy, and Moore. Woo! Yeah, hot quarterback room. Shadyville doesn't care like what somebody like Troy Aikman thinks. He's so far away from reality. I don't know what Troy Aikman said. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Here's OT. He always brings some um, something reasonable to the table. OT says the reason Michigan philosophy is working right now is because they had some studs before NIL. Since NIL, they haven't landed that caliber of player. They haven't landed a JJ or Blake since NIL. Well, I mean, yeah, you 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 don't think Will Johnson or that didn't count because he was uh, local. And uh, Jaden Davis to me, but no, you're, there's a point. I'm not here trying to like 
OT, there's a point to that. And it's a good one. That's why I feel like this new subdivision that they're talking about where Michigan is going to be able to opt in and then they're going to buy the name, image, and likeness rights to their player. And that's going to be a big move away from the current structure where there's the collective. And if if that's the case, and if the, the next Bryce Underwood's out there, Michigan can say, look, we got $30 million in this collective. We're giving our quarterback giving our quarterback 50% of it. I don't know how they do it, but it seems like, like I'll say it one more time. It seems like it's going to be easier than the, the promises that have to be made now, which are against the rules. And obviously the, of forking over the cash, which seemed dirty, seemed a lot dirtier, even though people didn't care against the rules. Uh, That's what I'm interested. Will I'll I'll have to get a question into, uh, the NCAA president, Charlie Baker. Hey, Charlie, if I'm Michigan, can I promise a recruit the money that is uh been reserved uh, by my university? Uh, can I promise that money in the, in the revenue sharing to a recruit? Or is that still against the rules? That's what I want to know. I think that's a big one. Jaden Davis is approximately the same recruit as JJ. You know, the Davis fell a little bit in the uh, the guru's eyes because of his uh, not the intangibles, because of his measurables, height, speed. Some said arm strength or arm motion. We'll see about that. I don't know. You know, you, you take five quarterbacks and we're all out there watching them. And the ones that are six, five and can throw the ball to the moon. You're like, wow. I'm, okay. I'm picking him. And then, you know, Jaden Davis is out there five, 10, five, 11, whatever he is. They're like, you know, this guy doesn't have the rocket arm of these other guys downgrade. We'll see on that. We'll have to wait and see. Let's go. Don saying Davis isn't as good as uh, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, JJ, uh, when you, you, you put them all together, all the different rankings was ranked higher than Jaden Davis. Did I get through everything that I was going to say? I do want to tell everyone this. Because this is important. I've been thinking about this. I have to, I have to get something for my wife. <laughs> Make it sound like I have to get something for my wife for Christmas. And it started making me think about things that you know I need to buy for people for Christmas. If you know someone who loves Michigan as much as you do, you want the unique and and special gift, and you don't have. 10,000 to spend on uh, first class tickets, uh, uh, hotel uh, to the Rose Bowl on January the 1st. Much more affordable. Maybe not as good as the Ro- Rose Bowl on the 50 first class out to uh, out to uh, Pasadena with the uh, you know the Rose Bowl parade the day before uh, the morning of 
But second best is a, a gift of the Maize and Blue review. And to get that gift, go to michigan.rivals.com. This is a great stocking stuffer. This is the kind of prize that the Michigan fan in your life wants to see. And I want to see you over there on the posting board, michigan.rivals.com, talking about the Wolverines all day and all night. Well, let's see. I talked about my hat. Uh, I got into recruiting. We hit on Jawan Howard, and then we looked ahead to the granddaddy of them all, 5 o'clock kickoff on ESPN, the Rose Bowl. And it's it's just, it's perfect. Let's put it into words. This matchup, you've got Jim Harbaugh against Nick Saban, Michigan, Alabama, the setting of the Rose Bowl on January the 1st, Michigan trying to win a national championship, for the first time since 1997, it's perfect. It's a, it's a great matchup. You want to be worried? Go ahead. You want some confidence? Keep watching this show. I'm pretty confident about it. I, whether they win or not, I can't guarantee it to you, but what I can guarantee you is that Michigan's got a great chance to go out there, and if they play their, their best game, that they can win, and you can't always say that with some of their other matchups against teams in the SEC, in particular Georgia two years ago. If Michigan played their best game against that team, I, don't know, I, th I think they probably would have still lost. But they play their best game against Alabama and contain Milrow, they can win that game. They can beat Bama. And they can beat Texas. And they can beat Washington. And they can win it all. If, have you even thought about if Michigan wins at all, just what it's going to be like? I just keep thinking about the semifinal. And I guess, you know, then I'll have seven days, seven, eight days to, to think about the national championship game. It's all happening. Pretty exciting. Join us on Friday. Jerry Diorio is going to break out some Alabama film. And I'll be interested to hear what Jerry thinks of this uh, Alabama defense and what uh, Nick Saban's crew is going to be bringing to the table to Michigan coming up on January the 1st. So there we go. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Take some of these. I'm going to take some feedback. Here at the end, Tyler, I like that we have an opponent we have to take seriously. We slacked off against TCU some. Okay, Tyler. Go Blue 81 is going to the Rose Bowl. Can't wait to see a great game. JJ will be the key to the game. You know, going, if you're, you, you say you're going to the Rose Bowl. Man, that that is something. Like, I think January first, twenty twenty four, 
is going to be one of the greatest days of my life. And I haven't even thought about anything except that I just know the football game is going to be on. Uh, it, it's just going to be so, and, and I'm just going to be home watching the game. To think about actually going out to Pasadena and being in the Rose Bowl for that game is just, uh, I can't even dream of it. I was out to dinner a couple of weeks ago. My wife and uh, it was uh, our friend's birthday. And our friend's um, boyfriend, who I'd never met before, we started talking. And for some reason, the Rose Bowl came up. And I said, I've been out to the Rose Bowl. What about you? And he said, I was at the 98 Rose Bowl. And immediately, I, I looked at that guy and said, you, you know, you, you know, 98, you got that one, huh? You got that cap for it. You, got, you went to the 98 Rose Bowl. That's the one to go to. The 24 Rose Bowl. Woo! Man. Could I just sit here for five minutes and just say Rose Bowl and ooh and ah? I don't know if that makes for a good broadcast or not. Let's try it. The 24 Rose Bowl. Michigan. Alabama. Ooh. It is uh, as exciting as it gets. Sideways wants to talk about Mel Melrose, Melrose Place, Milro. Georgia had two spies for Milro. Whoever spies, it's up to them to make the tackle. Tackle Melrose, and you win the game. Yeah, well, I would agree that's going to be one of the gigantic keys. Who he's spying? You got Rod Moore, pretty good tackler. You got uh, Junior Colson, hell of a tackler. You know who? Uh, you know I like, but almost every game I like more is the guy that's played more games for Michigan than any player in the history of Michigan football, and that's number twenty-three, Michael Barrett. I love that guy. I feel like he can be, you don't have to be kryptonite. But the way that he, a sure tackler, the way he can hit, I kind of like it where it's at. The punter says our trenches are good enough to beat any team. Exactly, punters. Go Blue 81's a little nervous, giving Saban three weeks to prepare. He's good at it. I know. That's true. <laughs> I can't uh, enjoy it. There is even a parade. You know, the um, the Rose Bowl parade is something that I did not go to when I was there. But, um, I have watched it on TV, and it, it's, it looks like... If you, if the itinerary, if you were breaking down the itinerary and you said, hey, New Year's Day, let's go to the Rose Bowl Parade and then make our way over to the stadium. I don't know, lunch in between. 
So it kicks off five o'clock. So that's two o'clock there with the Rose Bowl parade. I don't know. Who doesn't like a parade? 70 degrees, Rose Bowl parade. I feel like I went down to the Rose Bowl way early. There was nobody around. Just walking down the road there. Next thing I knew, I was seeing people set up their tailgates, and I recognized, hey, there's somebody from Ann Arbor. And then I had... A, a spot where Michigan fans that didn't necessarily have a tailgate set up. They, it was like, a, I don't know, I don't have some sort of exclusive thing. I don't want to make it sound like I had, but it, it was fenced around there and they had some maize and blue balloons. And I went there by myself, went over there and they had the speakers. And that's when it happened. It, it, was, um, it was a little chilly, but then the sun came out. And it was so odd that in my entire life, I had heard a million Beach Boys songs. And if you would have said prior to that, do you like the Beach Boys? I'd have said, no, I don't like any of their songs. I, they, they do nothing for me. But I started, but they started playing um, uh, the Beach Boys. And to hear it in Pasadena and the shadows of the Rose Bowl, uh, New Year's Day, there was no sweeter sound that I've ever heard in my life. This was like, maybe I've just died and gone to heaven. Maybe this is it. Maybe just sitting here listening to the Beach Boys with the sun shining on my face on uh, New Year's Day with Michigan getting ready to play in the Rose Bowl. Maybe this is it. This is this is this is kind of how you would hope it would be. In Pasadena with the sun out and the Rose Bowl on tap. So, yeah. And we're, we're just counting it down. What do we get? December the 6th. We got a few days still to go through it. Hope it doesn't rain that day. It's in the forecast. That's going to be a little bit too. I mean, can you really have a forecast for a New Year's Day? The kind of. Uh, El Nino type situation. Yeah, you know, we don't want to rain. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and if I could bet Go Blue 81 on the weather for Pasadena on January the 1st, I'm going to say sunny skies, cool in the morning, but 59 degrees. What do I want? I want 60 degrees. 60 degrees and sunny at kickoff. No sun will ever feel better than uh, than on New Year's Day for you. Yeah, the sunset. Andres is thinking that the game is going to be epic. He's right. JJ's going to have to run. Well, JJ will do whatever it takes. Sure, run it 15 times. Well, the punters lived in Pasadena, Colorado Boulevard. There was just piles of trash lining the streets for a few days afterwards. You know, I believe you, uh, the Colorado Boulevard. I don't know what the, the uh, I didn't tour around 
all of Pasadena. But I do remember driving and looking at the the houses on the way to the stadium, and the, you know you're in Pasadena, thinking, "Wow, this is a great place to live." These all of these houses are nice. Everything looks beautiful. Palms, the weather, all of them, everything. Look at the grass. It's all nice. Pasadena seemed pretty nice. And, you know, I think it could be a small price to pay. I mean, even, even the most beautiful places on earth, you know, you have a, you know, a gigantic party. You, you got to clean it up afterwards. The Rose Bowl is like the Augusta National of football. Sounds good to me. He'll have to play like Jaden Daniels in order to win. Todd saying, time to turn our postseason futility around now. Great post. Todd, I'm with you. Richard, on a, a point to if I could live anywhere for a year, I am picking the the bluffs overlooking the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, one of those houses. Richard uh, saying Florida is pretty great. You know, Florida is pretty great. I like golf and I like warm weather and I like seafood, Richard. So, you know, and I've been to Florida a few times. Sounds pretty good. Got a lot of people talking about Nick Saban. Bama is the boogeyman. Don Juan has indicated if you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Is that a Ric Flair? Because I see the whoo. Uh, bat. Brutal schedule next year with a clean cupboard. You could be right. I mean, I don't know. Mark. Getting in better late than ever, Mark. Still say the four best teams are Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, but three of them lost during the season, and the one-loss champ, Texas, beat Alabama. Not the four best, but the last four standing at playoff time. Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Florida State. Yeah, well, I'm over it. You know, what can I do? I, I feel bad for Florida State. I'd be hopping mad if I was a, a Seminole fan. The the committee saw an opportunity to put Alabama in there, and they took it. If the quarterback from Florida State didn't get hurt, then um, Florida State would have been in there. Guess what? They probably would have put both Georgia and Alabama in there, and and and, and leapfrogged. Uh, or wait, they they couldn't. They, they, maybe they could have screwed Texas. Texas would have been like, wait a second, why are we playing this? You know, Florida State's in the South, but, you know, Florida, in my uh, experience, like, it's a different kind of South. Florida's like its own country. Alabama, in in the South, the the football, like, there would have been, we would have had a real civil war on our hands. They would have been ready to succeed from the nation. If Alabama didn't get in, I would have loved it. I would have loved to have seen all those guys. Uh, it was a, a baldy, a fine mom. I would have loved to have seen him cry for a week or so. I might have even tuned in uh, as an appointment to watch him cry every day. 
about Alabama getting in. So, of course, I wanted to see Florida State because it was an easier draw for Michigan. But, you know, now that it's here, it's there. A lot of predictions on Jim Harbaugh. Mark does not think the key is going to be the offensive line. Quarterback D-line versus their quarterback plus D-line as almost always in championships. Okay. We're talking about Santa. Santa, uh, we all, Santa knows what you want for Christmas. We lost Worthy because of academics and Josh Gaddis. Okay. Hey, um, thanks so much for joining us. Coming up on Friday, we will we'll do it again. We'll be here at 2 o'clock on this very feed. Love to see you over on the Maize and Blue Review on the Den. Uh, I'm there all day, all night. You know, uh, I like mixing it up, talking about, like, with Mark, going back and forth, what's the key to the game? What's uh, the key generally in championships? What's going on with Harbaugh? Uh, is Michigan with this uh, new subdivision with the NIL, The uh, is this going to uh, help Michigan? All of those things. Uh, the latest with, uh, with Bryce Underwood. It's there. Dante Moore speculation all day, all night. We'll see you over there. We'll see you here on Friday. Until then, have a great day. Bye.